Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Thursday, the 14th day of July 2022. I want to get right to the headlines this morning. Why is Biden selling our emergency oil reserves to our enemies? A question asked in the Washington Examiner. Instead of unleashing domestic energy production to ease the pain at the pump for consumers, the Biden administration has shipped 5 million barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves overseas, bringing them to their lowest levels since 1986. Jimmy Carter. In a shocking revelation, the administration admitted that it even recently sold about a million barrels to the Chinese government-owned gas giant that also purchases oil from Russia. So President Biden is literally selling our national security to our two leading adversaries. His America-last, China-first policies are truly unconscionable. Gasoline prices, even though they've come down a teeny tiny little bit in the last couple of weeks, have been at historic highs, more than doubling since he took office from the time before he took office. On the day that Joe Biden put his feeble fingers on the Holy Bible and lied to the world, claiming that he would preserve America, on the day he was sworn into office, the average nationwide price for a gallon of unleaded fuel was $2.39 per gallon. With an average this week of $4.78 per gallon, that is exactly double what it was when he took office. Yes, it dropped a couple of pennies again overnight. The nationwide average price for a gallon of unleaded fuel yesterday was somewhere around four sixty-seven. But diesel prices, which is what I use in the old F-250, have skyrocketed more than 75% in one year. And economists say don't get used to this small drop this week. They are predicting that things could get well, well worse. National retail price for a gallon of gas is projected to exceed $6 per gallon by the end of summer, according to energy experts. And Joe Biden instead of opening pipelines like the Keystone XL pipeline, instead of encouraging oil companies to drill to refine more oil, he continues his posture of shutting down fossil fuels, which was one of his campaign promises. You see, he has these liberal, progressive, woke climate nut jobs steering him, pulling the strings on his puppet presidency. And so he'll never give up. We're giving gasoline at a very low price to our own enemies. Way to go, gropey Joe. Stay safe as a truth program. In the Washington Examiner, representatives Omar and Rashida Tlaib are among the Democrats tied to a group with links to a Hamas slaying. Andrew Kerr writes in the Washington Examiner, at least eight Democrat members of Congress share close ties to a nonprofit group that is now subject to discovery in a landmark federal civil lawsuit that seeks to hold the group financially liable for the terrorist slaying of an American teenager. David Boehm was 17 when members of Hamas, a designated foreign terrorist organization, shot and killed him at a bus stop in the West Bank in 1996. Boehm's parents successfully sued a network of American-based Palestinian nonprofit groups in federal court 
for financing the terrorists that killed their son, and a federal judge awarded the family $156 million in a judgment under the Anti-Terrorism Act after the trial jury found those people guilty in 2004. But you see, those groups never paid up. They're terrorists, after all. Why would they follow the law? Shortly after the judgment was levied, the groups claimed they were bankrupt and simply went out of business. One of those groups, the Holy Land Foundation, had its monetary assets seized by the U.S. government. Five of its leaders were sentenced to decades in prison for providing material support to Hamas. So what does this have to do with Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and other Democrat members of Congress? Well, the American Muslims for Palestine, an Illinois-based nonprofit group that popped up, has since developed close ties with influential Democratic lawmakers, such as Rashida Tlaib of Minnesota. And the Boehm family alleged in a follow-up lawsuit in federal court that that group should be paying because it's all the same people. They all share the same core leadership. They all have the same organizational purpose. They all operate in the same manner as the two now bankrupt groups, the American Muslim Society and the Islamic Association for Palestine. In every meaningful respect, those two groups are nothing more than a disguised continuance of the groups who claimed bankruptcy. And so, these people, supported by Tlaib, supported by Omar, and other Democratic members of Congress, should be paying that bill, should be paying that fine. But they're not. Dominic Mastrangelo writes in The Hill, CNBC host presses Hakeem Jeffries on gas prices and asks, you don't take any responsibility? Democratic New York Representative Hakeem Jeffries was pressed in a Wednesday interview on CNBC whether Democrats should take any blame for the rising cost of living in America, following, of course, the stunning report from the Labor Department on consumer price increases, which now push inflation to over 9.1% in the month of June. CNBC host Joe Kernan asked Hakeem Jeffries, in this country, we're still down front from peak production. You don't think there's anything that you can do in Congress or to convince the Biden administration? You don't think there's any regulations that need to be eased? You don't think there's any offshore activity? You don't take any responsibility? It's just all a Putin price hike? Jeffries began to respond, part of the challenge domestically in terms of production is that the oil and gas company have refused to actually act on the permits to drill that they currently, and then he was interrupted by Kernan, saying the lack of drilling is a red herring. The host continued, so there's leases, there's, you know, there's also just the overall pressure from ESG and the green lobby about whether an oil company is going to make plans five or ten years down the road when, you know, a large part of the population wants to put them out of business completely. Joe Biden himself, my friends, said he wanted to end fossil fuels. So why would any company want to invest billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in new technology and drilling when they know that as soon as Joe Biden gets his way with the liberal, woke, progressive climate nuts, he's just going to shut down fossil fuel. Hakeem Jeffries responded, It's not clear to me that the oil and gas companies really care that much about the so-called green lobby. They have made it clear in their earnings calls and in their presentation to their shareholders that they do care about the record profits that they have been making on the backs of increased gas prices for the American people. Any excuse the Democrats can come up with 
to blame everyone but their own economic and energy policies. Stay safe at the Truth Coverage Program. The migrants are coming. The migrants are coming. Adam Shaw of the Fox News Network reports a massive group of hundreds of illegal immigrants streamed across the southern border in Texas on Wednesday, one of the largest groups to flood the U.S. in recent months, a dramatic snapshot of the historic crisis facing Biden administration's officials at our southern border. The hundreds of illegal border crossers were being guided into the water at the Eagle Pass Texas River. Federal sources said there were 2,258 more illegal crossings in the Del Rio sector on Tuesday alone. On a seven-day period, that was 13,000 illegal crossings in that sector. These staggering numbers provide a glimpse into the crisis which shows no sign of slowing down as crossers from Venezuela, Cuba, Honduras, Mexico, Colombia, and other nations flood into the United States basically escorted in because Biden is telling the border agents to give them a ride to any city they want to go to. There were more than 239,000 illegal, trespassing, criminal, law-breaking invaders in May alone, and that's just the ones we caught. The June numbers have not yet been released by Customs and Border Protection, and the crisis is continuing to escalate as it has since the day Joe Biden took office. He says the border is closed. Bullshit. The border is not only wide open, there's a red carpet, a welcome mat, and an air-conditioned bus, train, or plane, or van ride, along with a new cell phone, some nice new clothing, a hot meal, shower, and a free ride to any destination they choose as long as they remember the key phrase, vote Democrat. That's what's going on right now. But don't worry, Joe Biden is not a cognitive mess. He's in charge. He knows what's going on. He has his finger on the pulse. Dr. Ronnie Jackson has not only doubled down, but he's now tripling down on Biden's blundering. Paul Better to the Washington Examiner writes, the former long service White House physician tripled down on his claims, his medical assessment, that President Joe Biden's mental capabilities are failing, calling Biden childlike. And Barack Hussein Obama scolded Dr. Jackson just hours after the new biography written by Ronnie Jackson was released. Three tweets following the leak of Obama's note to Ronnie Jackson, who was the White House doctor to Obama, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. It said it is time for someone to step in to replace Biden. In the book, it says, at this point, Biden's cognitive function is comparable to a child's. He has no idea where he is, what he's doing, or what he's saying. He can't even read off a teleprompter. This is tragic. Biden needs to resign or the cabinet needs to step in. This has gone too far. This was a tweet from Ronnie Jackson, a medical doctor, the official White House physician to three living United States presidents. I would think he is probably an authority. If we are to follow the science, we should believe what Dr. Jackson, a man who has spent lots of time in the medical profession, examining and caring for sitting U.S. presidents, we should really consider that this guy knows what he is talking about. 
Obama didn't fire him. Bush didn't fire him. Trump didn't fire him. Criticizing the president while he's traveling in Israel could become controversial, but Biden reinforced Jackson's points minutes after he arrived in Tel Aviv when he flubbed a line off of a written note card. This is what... <laughs> Sorry, folks, it's sad, but it's funny all at the same time. Joe Biden arrives in Tel Aviv and says he wants to, quote, keep alive the honor of the Holocaust. And then he corrected himself. This guy is way out of his own league. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem. I will once again return to hollow ground of I can't pronounce the word, so I'll just say it really, really fast and hope you don't catch me. To honor six million Jewish lives were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day. Every, every day. They must have had every written in bold italic with an underline on it so he could trip over it twice. Continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. Hard. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. The man is reading a card. Honor. H-O-N-O-R. He was supposed to say horror. But you see, the horror movie that is the Biden administration has no honor. He is a dishonorable excuse for a president. And he proved Dr. Ronnie Jackson is correct. The man cannot even read. Later today, I will once more return to the... Really? Jackson sent a second tweet saying that Biden's mental issues are interfering with the president's command of the economy. The tweet read, Absolutely brutal inflation numbers today. Another 40-year high. When you combine destructive socialist policies with a cognitively compromised commander-in-chief, this is what happens. A change is needed and needed now. He also wrote in a tweet, Ronnie Jackson, physician, doctor to three living U.S. presidents, a medical expert, a scientist, a House of Representatives candidate, quote, I have zero confidence that Biden has the cognitive ability to represent us on a world stage. If he needs a note card on how to sit in a chair, how can we trust him in complex negotiations in the Middle East? America is falling apart. That tweet yesterday at 1.17 p.m. At one point, Dr. Jackson was the only major public figure questioning Biden's mental capacities. But now concerns are being raised regularly in the media and even in Democratic circles, especially since the president's approval ratings continue to tank and liberals are now worrying that it will hurt their own re-election efforts. Obama, of course, sent that email to Jackson way back when. It isn't new, but of course the liberal, progressive, woke, mainstream leftist media keeps calling it up as if Obama's letter to Jackson bears any relevance at all. The only way that would be is, if, of course, as I've said in the past, it is Barack Hussein Obama pulling Biden's strings as George Soros pulls Obama's strings. 
Now, here's some logic, or lack thereof, that I wanted to read to you this morning. Hannah Penrick of Fox News writes, Biden's approval rating would be higher if inflation wasn't constantly in the news, suggests a Washington Post column. Washington Post columnist Perry Bacon Jr. suggested on Tuesday that President Biden wouldn't be as unpopular amongst Democrats if it weren't for inflation, adding that estimates would indicate half the president's negative approval rate is caused by inflation. I'm going to stop and analyze that sentence. Washington Post columnist, liberal, left-leaning, Democratic registered voter Perry Bacon Jr. suggested Tuesday that Biden would not be as unpopular amongst Democrats if it weren't for Biden's inflation. Inflation caused by Joe Biden. He added that estimates would indicate that half the president's negative approval rate is caused by Biden's inflation. That's that simple. Of course, his approval rate might be better if he had not plunged our nation into the worst inflation in over 41 years, a single month inflation number of 9.1%. You might as well just say 10%. Imagine everything on the dollar menu now costing a dollar nine or a dollar 10 because they'd round up, of course. Imagine every new $100,000 home is now $110,000. And the interest rates are going up exponentially. So it's going to cost you even more to buy that $100,000 home. And that's a small home in a not-so-great neighborhood. Imagine the median price of a home in the United States of America is over $200,000 as of May of this year. So now that's $220,000 thanks to Biden's inflation. But this Washington Post columnist suggests that Biden's approval ratings would be higher if it weren't for Biden's inflation. He says while inflation has certainly made things worse for the president, Biden would still be more unpopular than popular, and that's true. But some experts told Mr. Bacon that the president's approval rating would probably be in the 50s if inflation were at 2%. I disagree. It's not just Biden's inflation. It's Biden's high interest rates. It's Biden's energy crisis. It's Biden's border crisis. It is Biden's massive increase in violent crimes and crimes overall throughout the United States. It is indeed Biden's mass shootings. Yes, it's fact. The leader of this country has to take responsibility for the bad things that occur on his watch. Because if Biden had a handle on the true cause of crime, a certain 13% group of our nation's population, who commit the vast majority of gun-related crimes, then crime would be down significantly. One policy analyst named Will Stansel says, it is a mistake to assume that presidential approval is always tied to inflation or other economic indicators. Stensel said that Trump was unpopular during a strong economy, and he told Bacon that the media is to blame for Biden's unpopularity. These guys who support Biden no matter what will come up with any excuse, any excuse, to cover the ass of the feeble-minded Joe Biden. Even federal employees are less satisfied under Biden. Brad Dress, reporter for The Hill, writes in a report, nearly every federal agency reported less satisfaction working under President Biden in his first year in office than under former President Trump's final year in office, according to a published survey on Wednesday. The annual Best Places to Work in the Federal Government Survey from the Partnership for Public Services shows that federal employees 
were largely more dissatisfied in 2021 under Joe Biden's first year in office than they were in the year 2020 when Donald Trump was president, despite Joe Biden lying to the American people and to federal employees promising positive changes. NASA, the highest satisfaction rating, ranks as the best place to work in the federal government, but it fell in approval ratings from 86.6% under Trump to 85.1% under Mr. Biden. Department of Justice indicators fell by double digits. 67% of federal employees say they were satisfied in 2020 and just below 59% under Biden. The survey came after Biden assumed office last year, making campaign promises to, quote, bring normalcy back to the federal government after four years under his predecessor, unquote. Biden has struggled to win the hearts and minds of Americans while in office after struggling with all of his created crises and his latest polling numbers, according to some polling organizations, as low as the high 20% approval rating. Mediaites Kip Jones writes, Inflation is eating his presidency alive. CNN's Harry Enten says Biden's disapproval is the worst overall in the history of our country. CNN data analyst Harry Enten said President Joe Biden is being savaged by record inflation that he created and noted the current disapproval rating is higher than all of his predecessors. His disapproval rating is even higher than Jimmy Carter's disapproval rating, higher than Richard Nixon's disapproval rating. 9.1% inflation. Thank you, Joe Biden. Anderson Cooper reported the news and noted a recession is, quote, looming high on people's minds, unquote. He asked Mr. Enton how this was affecting Biden's strong disapproval rating, and Enton cited polling from Monmouth University. He noted polls from July of 2021, December 2021, and this month showing Biden's disapproval rating is a major concern. One year ago, no one was saying inflation was a concern outside of economist Larry Summers. Now it is clearly the number one issue. Joe Biden's disapproval rate climbs even higher thanks to Joe Biden's economy. Enton noted that Biden is polling lower than any other president in polling history. He said, quote, yeah, so we can look at both Joe Biden's disapproval rating on inflation and Joe Biden's disapproval rating overall. And what we see is his disapproval rating on inflation is topping 70%. His disapproval rating overall is still in the 50s. But if you compare that to every single other president at this point in their first term throughout polling history, and this goes all the way back to the 1940s, Joe Biden is worst on both. The reason he is worst overall is because inflation is eating his presidency alive at this point. You heard it there, folks. Even CNBC and CNN are calling out Joe Biden, but Joe Biden will not take the blame for his inflation. According to David Goldiner in the New York Daily News, Biden says the record 9.1 inflation figure is, quote, out of date, unquote, due to a dip in gas prices. Of course, that's not true. The 9.1% inflation rate is for the month of June. We're midway through the month of July, Mr. Biden. Now, I know you don't know where you are, who you are, what your job is, what day of the week it is, or what month or even what year or decade it is. I know you're still thinking about 
Little black kids rubbing the hair on your blonde hair legs. I know you're still thinking about groping little eight-year-old girls and maybe your own daughter in the shower, you sick, twisted pedophile. But you cannot defend your economic policies on Wednesday, claiming that the 9.1% annual inflation figure is out of date because a few cents a gallon got knocked off of gasoline prices, because Americans cannot afford to fill up their tanks right now, because your inflation is at 9.1% and people are having to choose between groceries and doctor bills, prescriptions and school supplies. The clown in chief, Joe Biden, said, quote, today's inflation reading is unacceptably high. It is also out of date, unquote. He pointed out that prices at the pump have declined for three weeks and counting, along with prices for commodities like wheat. He says those savings are providing important breathing room for American families. He's lying. Every local news program that I have seen, the man on the street reporter asking people, how are you coping with inflation? They keep showing for some reason. I don't know why old black women seem to flock towards the cameras. I guess they want their 15 seconds of fame. But they're on there showing and waving their electric bills, waving their grocery bills, running around like maniacs, begging for lower prices. They haven't started blaming Biden yet, unless, of course, they are, and the news folks are editing that portion out. But Americans are sick of this inflation. They're sick of all of the high prices. As Biden bottoms out, a record low percentage of voters want Biden to run in 2024. But Joe Biden even denies that. Ryan King of the Washington Examiner writes, quote, a stunning 18% of voters want President Joe Biden to pursue re-election in 2024, marking the lowest figure to date as his approval rating continues to plunge according to a new poll, unquote. A Yahoo News YouGov poll found that 64% surveyed say Biden should step aside in 2024. And even 41% of Democrats say the president should hand off the baton to someone new. The poll surveyed 1,672 adults with a margin of error of plus or minus two percentage points. But the bottom line is, despite the Democratic Party soul-searching over whether Biden should run once again, the polling numbers of those most likely to vote Democrat say he should not run. The gay, black, lesbian press secretary, because that's how she has to be announced. She is, after all, the first gay, black, woman, lesbian press secretary. And she's proud of that fact. She said, quote, The president, as you know, has been asked that question many times, and he has answered it. His answer has been pretty simple, which is, yes, he running for re-election, unquote. Meanwhile, a growing slew of big-name Democrats, such as Gavin Newsom of, of California, a state that should simply fall off into the Pacific Ocean, is planning on running for president in 2024 himself. Some Democrats, such as former Barack Hussein Obama chief political strategist David Axelrod, have concerns about Biden's age and his fitness. But Joe Biden thinks everyone wants him to run again. We just heard the polling numbers. We know the fact that he is not favored by his own party. And Joe Biden, the old get off my lawn kind of guy, bizarrely cites the poll that most Democrats don't want him to run in November as evidence that he should. 
Alicia Rahman Sarkar of The Independent writes, U.S. President Joe Biden misrepresented, that means lied, about a recent poll that showed most Democrats do not want him to run for office again, arguing that the party does in fact support him contesting his 2024 election. A recent poll conducted by the New York Times, as I just said, found 64% of Democrats want a new candidate. When Biden was asked whether he had anything to say to those Democrats who wanted to hang up his boots after a single term, he replied, quote, they want me to run. Read the poll. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. 92% said if I did, they would vote for me. A reporter tried to correct Mr. Biden, saying that a majority of Democrats polled do not want him to run again in 2024. Here's your president. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds said he don't. Read the poll. Read the poll, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in no. 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Oh, Joe, you're so deluded. So deluded. Such a shame. And of course, White House Press Secretary, black, gay, lesbian, female, Karine Jean-Pierre used the same figures to exaggerate support for Biden. Biden's approval rate is below 70% amongst Democrats, a low figure for a president in their own party, according to the poll. CNN's Caitlin Collin asked Ms. Jean-Pierre about the new poll, and the press secretary said, And what I will also say, from that very same poll, there were 92% of Democrat who support this president as well. The president is currently mumbling, fumbling, stumbling, crumbling, fumbling in a trip to the Middle East, a three-day stop in Israel. Following that, he's heading over to Saudi Arabia where he will likely either shake hands with, bow down to, kiss the ass or other body appendage of the Saudi Arabian crown prince. And those would be bad optics for the president, who certainly doesn't want to be seen bowing before Middle East mullahs. My friends, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. There's still a lot to talk about. It's all bad news for Biden. It's all really, unfortunately, bad news for you and for me and for America in general, as long as this clown remains at the head of the nation. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you all in the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.